Complacency and comfort is something that is the enemy of you know your ultimate goal. So that was what I would tell myself is don't be comfortable. Define your goal, define your plan, put the pedal to the metal and hit it. What's going on guys? This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Thanks for tuning in. Today our guest is Mike Van from Trident Multifamily. Today we're talking about how to succeed in real estate, how to buy a big portfolio while being a busy professional. Mike is a medical device sales rep and he's been a busy professional the whole time he's been investing in real estate. Today, he's gonna tell us the things, the strategies, the tactics, the mentalities, everything that has enabled him to build a big portfolio and hit his financial goals or at least be approaching his financial goals. He's getting there and if you've got financial goals too, and you think real estate is the way to do it, then this is the interview for you to listen to with Mike Van from Trident Multifamily. For those of you who do not know, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. I'm a busy professional as well, so these lessons were very important to me, and I loved hearing these things, and they're gonna be very important for you as well if you are a busy professional who wants to build wealth with real estate, but you're not really sure how to take it to the next level, this is the one for you. Without any further ado, here we go with Mike Van from Trident Multifamily. Mike, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure, Taylor. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to talk about building a, a big real estate portfolio while being a busy professional. But really, before we get into that experience, tell us about you and what you do and what your background is so we can get a little bit of understanding about who you are. Sure. So grew up in, uh, uh, my family had a construction company, a remodeling company. So grew up around the, the remodeling work, doing a lot of the grunt work, things like that, and uh, learned how to do a lot of those types of jobs working for the family and in the summers and between college and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, whenever I did start investing in real estate after college, you know, knew kind of what to look for and how to not get ripped off, so to speak, by contractors. Because, you know, <laughs> believe it or not, not everyone is honest in, in this business, you know. True. So after college, you know, got into the medical sales field, been doing that for about 20 years now in medical device for the past 16. And so I knew my first job in medical sales was pharmaceuticals. And so whenever I went through a layoff successfully, I made it through I realized the value of having something other than a day job, other than a paycheck to count on, you know. And so at that point, I started looking for other options and something I could do simultaneously. I've always been pretty entrepreneurial. And, you know, the late night infomercials do a great job of selling you on how great real estate is. And so <laughs> ordered one of the Carlton Sheets courses and Classic. went out and started driving for dollars and found a for sale by owner duplex and bought that and negotiated some cash back at close. And uh, I was hooked. Nice. And then fast forwarding uh, to where you are today, a few years later, so to speak, mm -hmm. what's your portfolio look like now? So probably up until 2017, I was investing solo and I built a, about a $6 million portfolio of mostly small multifamily, small apartments. In 2017, I actually sold the first 16 plex that I bought and 1031 that into a 55 unit. Nice. And then at that time also started looking to syndication to, to scale and make the exit 
eventually. You know, the, the, as we spoke about earlier, the blessing and the curse of having a good W-2, it takes a lot to replace it. So having my solo portfolio was, was getting me there, but it was not going to get me there in the pace that I wanted to. So I thought scaling to syndication would be a, a better way to get there faster. And so joined a mentoring program, found a couple of great partners, worked in a few different partnerships in the first few acquisitions. And in 2017 and today, I have been on the general partnership side of about a thousand doors in Oklahoma, Texas, and Kansas. I own my personal stuff in Missouri and Arkansas as well. I've syndicated about a thousand doors. And the last two deals I did were, as I said, when I joined the mentoring program, I found a few different partnerships that we did the first three deals with. And then I uh, found a couple of guys that we decided we wanted to work together going forward. So we did a deal, Rodney Miller out of Oklahoma City and Carl Supercrop out of Dallas. We did a deal together as separate entities to see how we work together. You know, we had fun together, got along well, but until you're in the pressures of a business transaction, you never know how pressure affects people and their performance and, and throughout those types of projects. So we did that. It worked very well together, had great synergies, brought a lot of overlapping strengths and some different strengths as well to the, to the table. And I made it through that project great and decided to formalize our relationship. And we formed Trident Multifamily. We bought our second deal. We only did two deals last year. The second deal we did last year was under the Trident Multifamily banner. And that's how we decided to move forward together as a company. Fantastic. I love it. And you know, I think it's particularly notable that you've been investing in real estate for some years, but it sounds like, I don't know, the, the realization that even the portfolio that you'd built wasn't going to get you to your retirement goal, mm-hmm. at least in the time frame that you wanted and you had to kick it into the next gear. Why do you think that is? I mean, it sounds like you were very active in building your portfolio throughout that time, but it just wasn't going to be quite what you needed. Right, right. Why not? Well, you know, that's one of the things that doing things on your own and self-educating, you don't learn as much by yourself as you do in a group. And so, you know, this is before I found bigger pockets and all these podcasts and things like that. I just did things on my own. And so made some mistakes and didn't buy things as right as I probably should have. And so the margins just weren't there. There were some properties that I was making a hundred bucks a month on, you know, free cash flow. Some that I was making $25 a month on when I really got down and, and analyzed it uh, since sold those. <laughs> Good. But yeah, you learned a lot doing things on your own. And luckily I didn't you know, lose too much money, but I didn't make a lot of money either. Also the markets I was investing in, they're slow growth markets. You know, you don't have the big booms, but you don't have the big bust either. It's just a slow, steady growth, but they are not the, the high cash flow, high appreciation markets. So making a good, decent amount of extra money, so to speak, and a lot of that was rolling back into the business. But, you know, like I said, with trying to replace the kind of income that I've been blessed to have, it was going to take a lot more. So that's why I decided to kick in gear with the, the syndication model. The more educated I became, the more I realized that I needed to do something bigger. I, you know, I appreciate that. I do larger deals myself. Um, But, you know, commonly we think about real estate and our portfolios and our investments as a snowball. You get the snowball going and it builds up, but you realize that your snowball wasn't as big as you wanted it to be at a certain point. So you made a change. But if you were to rewind the clock to some point, you know, you're buying that first duplex or that second property, what do you think you could change in that trajectory to be in front of where you are now, if that makes sense, or have a bigger 
snowball now because you know if you make a small change in your trajectory but you project it out really far sure. then it's a big mm -hmm. change so what could you have changed i would have put the pedal to the gas a lot sooner the thing about you know being comfortable is there's not a lot of pressure <laughs> i'm like yeah. oh it's a good retirement plan i'll you know i'll just keep buying these things eventually and then the more pressure you get under and you know i, I went through two or three rounds of layoffs in my career and made it through successfully. But each time you come to the realization, oh yeah, I'm just a number. You know, I could be let go at any time. hundred percent. And achieving some success in the day job, you know, winning awards and things like that, you think you're invincible until you're not. Complacency and comfort is something that is the enemy of, you know, your ultimate goal. So that was what I would tell myself is don't be comfortable. Define your goal, define your plan, put the pedal to the metal, and hit it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. Work harder at it, you know, get more done. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering in a, in a nuts and bolts sense of, of specific actions or, you know, what is that, what would that mean for you? Because, you know, putting the pedal to the metal, it could be yeah, yeah. You know, swinging for the fences on every deal and going for a huge deals or. I would have taken daily actions to put more deals in front of me to make more acquisitions in a shorter time frame. So I would have bought more faster. <laughs> you know, you, you had this big picture idea of, yeah, this is what I want to have. But until you break it down into small bite-sized chunks, it's just an idea, you know, break it down into small bite-sized chunks of what you need to do each day to get you there and then take action on those individual steps. That's what I would have told myself I needed to do way back when. And by now I would have already hit my goal most likely especially, you know, investing before the 2008, coming out of 2008. I mean, I, I had the completely wrong mindset. That was one of the huge mistakes I made around the 2008, 2009 timeframe. At that point, I had pretty much stopped doing everything. Like, oh, I, you know, I was thinking about flipping houses. So like, if, if the credit's dried up, no one can buy my houses after I fix them up, then I better just stop doing it for a while. And then 2010, after I educated myself, you know, from, the, from 2008 on, I realized, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is the prime time. So that's when I went out and started, you know, beating the bushes again and came across this, this 16 plex bank owned property that I ended up picking up. So is it in that 2008, 2009, 2010, where probably some of the best buying times mm -hmm. maybe we'll ever see in the next few decades? Yeah. Do you feel maybe you weren't resourceful enough or weren't dedicated to it? Like, what do you, what do you think? I have the wrong mindset. Mm. I, I, I was thinking of, that was back in two whenever all the flipping shows came out and I, I was totally in love with that. I mean, I had a construction background. I'm like, Oh, I'll just flip this and make all this money, you know? And I did a few flips going leading up to that because I had just moved into, into town where I live now at that point too, like in 2006. So I spent the first year kind of learning the market and then started doing some flips. I'm not even thinking about buying hold rentals. You know, like I said, this is, Lack of educating myself is probably the biggest regret I have over the first, you know, five, six years of investing. And so I had the wrong mindset about not buying and holding. I mean, I know guys now that were get going out and getting every credit card application they could to increase their cash them to go out and buy HUD foreclosures and then, you know, doing refinancing and all that stuff. And they made a ton of money. But yeah, that's uh, that was a huge mistake. I think that I didn't do was was buy and hold. But and around two thousand, like I said, two thousand nine ish is when I started realizing the error of my ways and went out and started reaching out to my connections again. And I had a buddy of mine who was the president of a bank call me with an introduction to a broker who had a sixteen unit bank owned complex from another bank. 
that was probably one of the best deals I ever did. Well, we'll definitely, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit, get to that great deal in a bit, Yeah. but I want to, you, you mentioned the daily actions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in your position now, you're still, I don't know if we mentioned before, but mm -hmm. you're still working, still have the day job and you're right. building this big portfolio. What daily actions are you taking now? Like, what does that mean to you? I mean, obviously we're talking right now, but this can't be the only thing you're doing. Right. Right. No, on the phone with my partners daily, as far as asset management plans on the properties that we do own right now, I have weekly calls with property management, both my personal portfolio and our you know, syndications. We have actions that we take daily, whether it's a number of investor phone calls we make or take, you know, whether it's broker calls, we're always taking action in our business to, to be able to set the plate for future opportunities. So, but we do those daily. So, I mean, what do your, what do your investors think that, do you ever get the, the pushback that, Hey, you're, you're not even doing this full time. Why should, you know, why should I invest with you? How am I confident that you have the time to be successful with my 200 grand when you're not full time? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Well, the, the power of partnerships speaks, speaks volumes, not to mention, you know, the fact that I've been doing this so long on my own successfully and have been pretty successful in my day job of building, you know, a multi-million dollar business there. When people look at my resume, they, it gives them a little bit more comfort in that I know how to be a good steward of their, of their money. And not to mention, I'm investing my own money as well. Track record and skin in the game is what does it for you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, for those that are out there that are, you know, thinking about getting in this indication, at least part-time. I mean, I know you've, we talked before, you've done some goal setting around it. How do you think about setting those goals for yourself? And, and, you know, what are your goals? What was your process? And then how did you really turn that into an actionable plan? Well, start with the end of mine. You know, I, I started out with uh, the amount of passive income I needed to have to not only meet my obligations, but exceed them enough to Make my wife feel comfortable with me quitting my day job and then broke that down into revenue per door or profit per door that I needed to have and then work that into the deals and, and work back or backwards from there. So when we evaluate deals, they need to fit a certain metric, not only for returns for our investors, but also they're going to meet the criteria of what we can get on the asset management side. You know, it's a little different when you're doing things from a personal standpoint versus a syndication standpoint as far as how you evaluate your, you know, what your person going to get out of it. Compared to, you know, when you're compensating your investors and thinking about their money first mm -hmm. before your own. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, you know, when I look at a deal on my own, it's completely different. It is a, it is a net cash per door that I'm concerned with. But whenever I look at a, at a deal that I'm taking investor funds for, it's about making sure that that A, capital preservation first and foremost, but B, feeling very confident that I can execute a business plan to achieve or exceed the, the return metric given them. Hmm. Okay, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, as someone who's been around in, in the real estate investing industry since you know, before mm -hmm. the Great Recession, although you know you drastically increased your involvement after the Great Recession, right. what do you think about where we are economically right now? Particularly, you know, unprecedented unemployment, collections being kind of all over the place, 
What do you think about the future of the market, say the next three to five years? Good question. I mean, it's, it's a lot of it. It depends. You know, like you said, it was, it's unprecedented times. We don't, we've not seen this kind of unemployment, even the great depression, you know, I mean, we've exceeded those unemployment levels and we don't know how, how long this is going to last. I mean, I think there's pent up demand from consumers to get back out and spend money. I think there's pent up demand in all facets of the economy. It's just how much will be, we be allowed to do. And I think that this phase reopening of America, that could potentially even hurt more by having other people, you know, businesses opening at 25 to 50% capacity, which is not a lot, not even enough to pay overhead most times. We may see a lot more businesses closed down and jobs lost and things like that, but it could get worse before it gets better. Then it all depends too if there's a, a second wave of this, you know, virus. So I think that, that from a, consumer mindset that it's still strong and positive as far as wanting to get back out and, and, and work and produce and spend. But I think it's more going to be what we're restricted to, to be able to do that we'll, we'll see how quickly we come out of it. I think the confidence is there that we, we will come out of it and depending on the results of the election, of course, now that could change policies as well. Um, that's another, another big you know, X factor, so to speak. But I think if we have the election results come out with a business-minded person in the White House that, that we could continue the economy that we have seen before this, this crisis hit and come out strong. And maybe a, a U-curve versus a, a V. I don't think it's going to be a V. That was the thought at first, but uh, I think people now are thinking a, a, a U or a W. But I think that everyone's sentiment is that we will recover in the next you know, 12 to 18 months, like I said, depending on the election. Um, that, that's a big X factor. Well, I appreciate your thoughts on that. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Mike, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Yes. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Good question. Uh, so it probably goes back to that 16plex I was telling you about, the bank owned 16plex. They were asking 780 got it for 450 put a little money into it, and sold it for 785 10 years later. So about doubled my money and enjoyed a lot of cash flow along the way. 1031 that into 55 unit apartment complex, probably the best one. Nice, and you still have that apartment complex? Mm-hmm, did that in 2017. Yeah, I did a big rehab on that. Almost doubled my pro forma rents. Nice. I projected about a $80 increase. I've got about a $130 increase. Wow. Yeah, no, that's a huge difference, especially not just the cash flow, but the extra mm-hmm. value add right. is enormous. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. On the other side of that coin, we had the best investment. Now we have the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Probably one of my earlier flip houses went in, bought that in what I thought was a good neighborhood. It was a decent neighborhood, not, not the greatest. But then even though I was experienced contractor, not being able to be on site every day and you know look at the quality of work you think you give clear directions and you come back and look at it and you're like this is nothing like we discussed and so having to do a lot of things twice three times even having some theft issues i think i, I ended up skinning out of that one about i made about a thousand dollars after it was all said and done oh. out of a projected fifteen thousand profits so that was a, my worst investment but you know i guess it could have been even worse than that didn't lose house and home so got that going for you Right. I I learned a lot. (laughs) 
Yeah. That's good. Then you still uh, you still benefited. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? Positive attitude and be persistent. There's a lot of things in this business that will get you down. You know, whether it's uh, you have someone rip you off, you lose money on a deal, you don't win a deal in best and final, you, you can't take anything personal. It's just business and you got to pick yourself up look at what what mistakes happen and how to mitigate them going forward wow yeah no i think a lot I, I, that rings true to me i think a few experiences that have you know hit me and then you know you got to move mm -hmm. on i appreciate that yeah mike thanks for joining us today if folks want to get in touch with you if they want to learn more about trident multifamily where can they find you uh you can visit our website tridentmultifamily.com email me mike at tridentmultifamily.com or give me a buzz 417-576-8850 love to talk love to help any way i can i really appreciate that i think you know a lot of busy professionals we get this thing in our mind that i'm too busy to do this i don't have the time blah 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 and those excuses just aren't working for us and cases uh, folks like yourself you show us that it's possible it can be done and we can learn from your example and how you've done it. We don't maybe need to do it exactly the same way you did, but we can learn the principles and strategies that you used and apply those for ourselves. So I appreciate you bringing those today for us. My pleasure. It's been great talking with you. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated. Helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the fold. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye.